I think for me, as soon as I found out about NFTs and Web3, my mind was like, all right, I need to create a project. I need to transition virtual into this. And I was just so overwhelmed. Um, I had so much FOMO, like on Instagram, just I, I followed the NFT account and I would just see, you know, how many millions of dollars people were making off of these, 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 I, these, you know, these pictures or, or tokens and, and uh, NFTs. And I was like, just overwhelmed, you know, I was like, fuck, like, is this, is this the next iteration in my life? And I feel like it was almost like an escape for me, you know, to not feel pain. Um, so I, I took a, I took a step back. I took a breather to like, really, you know, f- I think what's really important to me is maintaining my inner peace. Welcome back to on-chain experiments, formerly your voice first podcast. Today's guest is Remington Rodney. Remy has been one of my best friends for the past couple years. When I first started Voice First, he was running his own startup virtual out of Columbus, Ohio at the Wave co-working space with me. We grew our businesses together and we both continued to change and grow what it looks like for us to be players in the creator economy. I moved out to Thailand, Remy moved to San Diego, and when the Mint Songs team met up after our seed round in San Diego, I got to meet up with Remy for us to catch up again, (laughs) coming to the same geographic location, even though we just spent close to a year on different sides of the planet. Friends and communities that you build for long periods of time are very important. Web3 continues to show us that holding tokens of valuable communities creates the potential for a lot of value to be created for the members of those communities. And so as I'm building relationships with people like Remy and the other guests on my podcast, my friends, my family, I really try to follow the principle of playing long-term games with long-term people because the best benefits in life come from compound interest. Here's our conversation with Remy. I hope you enjoy. Yeah, I mean, when when we connected in San Diego, I think that was like my first dabble into fintech. And then I kind of went into that next week, really, um, you know, it was like I was getting vacuumed in (laughs) into the NFT crypto rabbit hole. But now this is kind of like a continuation Um, and I'm doing it. The approach is like, all right, now I have this job where it's like I'm building out a whole new vertical um within like product looking for executives within the product um role and like fintech so it's like all right i want to bring on nft and crypto companies and uh, and other fintech companies that i can really like get behind so um it's cool to like pick up from where i left off because i took a little break from like learning about it all Mm. Mm. And to be able to like get paid to learn about it. So maybe, maybe tell me more about the, the role you're doing. Um, so you, you have the opportunity to like bring places that need to fill crypto jobs and you can kind of bring those companies in to him and Williams. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's really unique. Um, basically I'm going to be doing 360 recruiting. So working with the candidate and also the client. Um, So basically, you know, 
reaching out to different VPs or, or chief chief of staff or, or head of different areas of companies and seeing if they need the hiring needs, you know, seeing if they need roles filled. So a lot of the companies we're going to be working with are like early stage startups. So like series A, maybe all the way to, you know, C and D. Um, I know we've worked with a little bit more uh, mature companies as well, but typically like that 10 to 15, um, 50 employee range is like where we're trying to hit. Um, so it, it's a lot of outreach. Um, I've been doing some cold calling, which honestly I've been enjoying because I just love talking to people and I get to like soak in all of their wisdom and knowledge. You know, these are people making, you know, from, you know, all the way from 200 K up to like 500 K a year. Um, so they've been in their industry for, you know, 10, 15, 20 years. They're experts. So, um, it's been really cool to just pick their brain and then also learn, you know, if you were to take a new opportunity, what would that look like? So, um, recruiting is a lot of qualification and, and just being, um, you know, you're an asset to that person. You're not selling them anything. You're literally just helping them create more abundance in an aligned way with like a job that will excite them more than maybe where they're at now. So it's really cool. That is an awesome opportunity to help like control the flow of where talent is going and to try to present exciting opportunities in front of them. Cause I hear some of my friends that are, that are really smart and they get offered like tons of jobs. And then they they look at some of these and they're like, dang, I would just be bored to death. Like, yes, they would pay me a lot of money. Yes. This could be like kind of cool, but I see this also being really boring. And for you, I don't think about it much, but the recruiter probably does have a lot of opportunity to decide which opportunities are presented in front of the candidate. And to think of them like that is, is really exciting. Have, have you found any patterns in the people you're talking to in what kind of opportunities they are looking for? Like uh, any patterns so far? I, I know it's the first week. In my- yeah, that's a really great question. Um, it, like, like you said, it is really early on, but um, I think a lot of them, I've been talking to like people in uh, like compliance who are working in kind of like traditional banks. And a lot of them are saying, you know, I want to get into fintech. I want to get into digital banking as they see that is the future. So that's been really cool as well. And you typically will see, you know, if they're in a senior role or, or a manager role, they want to take, they want to get that promotion. Um, you know, whether that's C-suite, um, which is really cool. You know, you got people that want to continually be challenged and also be given the opportunity to display their skills. Um, so it, it it's pretty diverse. It really is person to person, um, but it, it's unique. You know, the opportunity that's there with this massive fintech space and and the the way it's growing is is it's only going to get. I agree. It does seem like fintech is a space that continues to continues to grow. Our money can work harder and harder for us which is a really awesome thing that our money can continue to uh, like work for us so that we kind of 
our our work has to contribute less and less to achieving the lower levels of Maslow's hierarchy of needs, providing for food, water, shelter. Our money can start to work hard for us to start to supplement that so that we can focus on being more creative, being more fulfilled, finding more meaningful work. And spaces like FinTech that are optimizing for the holders of the assets are very, it's a very interesting like bridgeway into web three and then like growing. Well, what is an asset and what is it that you consider an asset and how can more things work for you in the same way that FinTechs works hard for you? Yeah, it, it, it is very unique. Um, I guess it's just, uh, you know, businesses are going to continue to grow and innovate. And, and with that, there'll be a lot of excitement in the workplace for people that have seen that growth from afar and have been working, you know, closely. Um, it, it's just nice to, to see the innovation and where the future really can go. And, you know, I'm like connecting with people that are, have had years and years of, of, you know, experience with blockchain and crypto. And it's like, wow, like, you know, for me, it's all very new still. So it's like, I didn't even know this stuff existed 10, 10, 20 years ago. So overall, it's pretty mind blowing. And I'm just trying to be a sponge and, and soak it up every single chance I get. You're meeting people that have 10 years or like years of experience working in crypto already. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I've got, I've set like, um, I think five or six calls next week already. And one of the guys is like a director of product and he, it just, you know, just based on his resume and experience, he's got a ton of experience with blockchains already. So I'm excited for that conversation and, and just, uh, you know, something I like to be is just curious. And uh, if I don't know something, ask what that is. I don't want to act like I know everything because I really don't in this space. But I'm just, you know, trying to be a student in, in, my, in my field. Um, every. Agreed, especially in this space. It's very funny when, when people reach out. Like there was a Stanford student that just reached out and wanted to hop on a call. And it's this grad student that is working on a crypto project and wanted to ask me about what it was like doing work inside of a DAO. And I was like, sure. And then I just like chatted with the Stanford grad student for like an hour. And for other people to reach out to me and to talk to me as though I'm an expert and I've been in this space for years. I, I continue to feel like a newbie and feel like there's so much more to this space that I'm not privy to or knowledgeable on a daily basis. And I feel like that is a very helpful mental model to hold to just like be humbled in what you know and continue to be a student and be willing to grow and be willing to ask, ask questions. I'm really, really curious of the companies that like it is the first week and it's so early. Like I'm excited to talk to you in six months and to hear about the people and the companies that you have gotten to talk to more have, have you have most of the conversations been kind of preliminary setting up to bigger conversations where you'll, uh, where you'll really start to dig in. 
Yeah, so they've been pretty preliminary. Um, basically, I've been setting up discovery calls, trying to learn, you know, what this person has been doing for their current role and also in the past. And then diving into, you know, hypothetically, if you were to leave, what would you want? What are, what are some of your top motivations for that new job? And then you kind of get into their future goals and, and aspirations, where they want to be in the next year to two years. Um, and that's exciting because as a recruiter, you get to be that middleman to try and find that, that perfect fit for them. You know, and, and then um, all around, you know, you're providing value for the candidate and the client so that they can produce at the highest level. Um, and, you know, already in a, in a week's time, <laughs> I, I've learned quite a bit. And uh, I know it's going to be a process to really build out my network and, and get those clients just because it is. It is a learning curve. Um, we like to call it a learning vertical at Hamlin Williams. But um, the beautiful thing about my my company is that we're all very young, vibrant, hungry, and it's it's a super supportive space. So already, I'm feeling very confident and um, comfortable. You know, on the phones, cold calling, emailing, reaching out, and you know, obviously, not everyone's gonna connect. But um, the people that do, you know, take full advantage of those opportunities. Is this position in person or remote? It's uh, it's in person in a, a WeWork downtown San Diego. So it, it's really fun. Wow. The, the WeWorks in downtown San Diego I, were, were beautiful. When, when we visited earlier, the... That was where our CTO went when we didn't have the Airbnb. He went to the WeWork in downtown San Diego, and it was, wow. Wow, that's a nice. Yeah, it, it's super fun. Um, I've never really worked so, like, close to people in an office. At my last job, I had my whole, like, desk to myself. But it's honestly, like, so cool because you can, like, really lean in to your coworkers and, and, you know, listen into how they're, how they're doing their day-to-day functions. Um, and you know how I am. I love building relationships, whether that's on my team or that's, you know, with our client or customers. So already starting to um, really enjoy their presence, especially my managers. They're, uh, they're both from the UK. So <laughs> Um, the whole team is so diverse. I've got uh, another team member named Sparsh from, from India. Uh, someone else is like flying back from Lebanon. Haven't met him yet, but everyone's from all over. Um, majority in our twenties and, and they're all just killing it. So it's, it's a great time. Wow. Wow. You want to surround yourself because you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with to have managers from the UK, people from Lebanon, India, everyone to kind of be in their 20s and hungry. That's got to be a really, really fire environment to be working in right now. Like when there are so many opportunities in terms of jobs for people to be finding, as well as so many companies in search of like 
so many people that aren't working and want to work and so many people that are hiring that need to hire to have the people that can connect in between the two is super helpful right now. Like, especially inside of DAOs and web three companies and companies in the metaverse. Like when I talk to other people inside of the DAOs that I work with and there are, uh, what would, what are they called? Talent coordinators inside of different guilds of the bankless DAO. And when I talk to the talent coordinators, they're like, honestly, one of the biggest challenges that we have is knowing who's available to work and like what talents they have. Cause a, a project will come up to us and they'll say, Hey, we need to fill a dev that knows how to do this, this, and this. And she'll be like, well, I don't know who is actually available. I don't know what projects they're working on because the DAO is so decentralized. And so to have a team like you have that is in person and is more structured than a DAO, I feel is, uh, is like gasoline on like a perfect opportunity right now that kind of this part of the world is in, you know, like right at the end of COVID where People, if they don't want to work, don't have to. But the people that do want to work, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's the ball is in the court of people who are looking for jobs right now. It really is. Um, there's there's so much opportunity. But the beautiful thing about being in a recruitment firm is that. You know, working, being as that middleman, we can qualify prior to sending over a resume if that candidate's really going to be a good fit and um, you know, try and try and find out from the client, say, say it's wire um, or, or blockchains Inc. And, and ask them, you know, what is an ideal person that you're looking for? And then we go to work on, on LinkedIn or, or Vincere, which is our CRM. And, and we try and find that, you know, we try and, learn, you know, what projects have you guys been working on? What have you been excited about? You know, what, what kind of leadership have you been doing? How many years of experience you have in this, you know, asking the right questions to, to fill that need. I'm really curious though. um, You know, just for, for the audience that isn't familiar, you know, let's dive into the DAO and, and the opportunities within that. What's, What's that difference, you know, working in a DAO going to be versus a traditional company? I just join, a, you can join a DAO for free anytime, no hiring required. Um, anyone from around the world. The, the, the easiest difference is in most companies, there's usually a box you have to check that says, I have a visa to work inside of the United States. And when you join a DAO, you never have to apply. You don't have to get anyone's permission. You can just start showing up to the meetings and then figure out where you fit in slowly over time. And that's typically how it is. You just join, especially like a DAO that is revenue seeking, just kind of sitting in on their meetings and speaking up when you feel like you can, and then slowly finding your place within the team and locking in that way and making it a very fluid role. Whereas like in in, in what you're doing, you're, you're kind of filling in a very specific role for kind of more committed. I feel DAOs, there's very low commitment. And so it allows for a lot of fluidity. Like a lot of people really like the fluidity in their work and the ability to um, like do the gig economy, which is what's attracted so many people to Lyft and Uber and DoorDash and Upwork and Fiverr, like all these different gig economy things. But the biggest challenge with gig economy right now is you don't actually own anything that you create. And like both of us, Remy, like you built virtual and there was a lot of agency work there and me building voice first was a lot of agency stuff. And, and when you're building like that and you're a creator in that regard, like 
when you're selling things, you, you, you often lose ownership in them. And when you're putting on a project or a festival with other people, you don't truly own anything. And so when you join a DAO and you do work inside of a DAO, every, everything that you do gets paid out in a token instead of in U.S. dollars. And that token is ownership of the overall project. And so while it, while it is more chaotic and decentralized and more fluid, it also gives you significantly more ownership than in a, a lot of uh, bigger companies, especially where you don't actually get ownership in, in the form of stock or a voice. But startups, if you're working with startups, all startups kind of have a voice. But the, the, the DAO environment is very, very exciting. And so like someone like you that right now is doing it in a more traditional way, it could be cool to see you slowly experiment and be like, huh, I wonder what DAOs do excite me. And I wonder how I could go inside of these DAOs and network around and just like help people get connected because the same problems that exist in companies exist inside of DAOs and DAOs are the size of entire countries. So for you to be able to go in there and see people that have talent and to also see the work that needs done to build the DAO, you can route that work and get incentivized to do it and get paid to do it. And whether that's part-time for you to get started or full-time to get like to dive all the way in, like there's tons of opportunity for this kind of work to get done in the metaverse whether you are a talent recruiter or a coder or a digital designer or like a call center supporter, whatever, whatever the work is that you do, more and more of these opportunities exist in a decentralized way in a DAO. And what, what this really allows, and this, this is the last story. I was having a talk with someone inside of my DAO, Bankless DAO, uh, that, that was from India. And he was having a walk. It was his morning and my evening. And he was like, I had to just pay my grad school fees and... Luckily, I was able to earn enough from the DAO that I was able to pay all of my grad school fees from what I earned inside of the DAO. I was like, wow, that's really awesome. And he says, yeah, my, uh, I told my mom and my grandma that that's how I earned my money. And they looked at me and they said, no, you must be lying. You must be working the, with the Mumbai mafia. What kind of illegal things did you do in order to earn this money? Like, no way are you earning that much in order to pay for your grad school with doing things online. No way is that possible. They couldn't believe it. And I was like, wow, that's, that's really cool that you're earning this amount of money to be able to support your lifestyle in this totally decentralized organization that I do work in. And you don't get chipped off because his parents are so used to him getting paid nothing. Because in India, especially with development work, he was a researcher, so he was out doing research. But that kind of work typically gets outsourced to countries like India, and they get paid nothing. But inside of Bankless DAO, everyone gets paid the same minimum wage of 1,000 bank token per hour. So... When I joined, that was about $80 an hour. At current time, that's about $100 an hour. But my, that, that's paid to everyone, regardless of what country you're in, regardless of what age you're in, regardless of what gender you are, like regardless of what religion you believe. All that you see is the little avatar. You didn't have to apply. You didn't have to submit any tax ID info. Nobody knows your actual name or identity. You're just in there providing value and getting compensated for the work that you do in the form of like ownership that you can exchange and convert back to Ethereum and Ethereum can pay your bills. You can pay your rent. You can pay your electricity. Like uh, you can do all this in a decentralized manner or a more established manner. And so like for me, I've got a full-time job where I work at Mint Songs. And so like I've got a W-2 and I earn my pay every week and I've got the benefits, but that pays me directly in ETH and I get paid in ETH every single two weeks. But I also do work on a DAO on the side to do more decentralized work. And so I'm excited for more creators to find a balance where they decide this style of work that they want to do. And I love people like you, Remy, that are like out there and trying to see how can I help people that are looking for jobs find cool stuff to do and to not like be bored out of their minds doing a job that really doesn't add value. To yeah, I mean, wow, you just, I, I love the, uh, the in-depth, you know, you just went in, 
into there with the Dow. And it, it just really goes to show how innovative Web3 and the metaverse are in the workplace. You know, the Dow to me, it looks like it will be the future of the workplace. People are truly going to have the ownership, the credit, the passion for the work they do at a whole new level. And I feel like if traditional companies now did those, took some of those similar, you know, characteristics where, hey, this project you worked on is yours, you have full ownership, you know, their employees would be more happy, they'd be more motivated because it's, it's theirs, you know? Um, but it, it's also helping their team overall too. But, you know, you're, you're putting in 40 hours a week. You want that recognition. You want that appreciation. And um, it, I see it as a bridge for people in different companies too. I love the example about the, the guy from India, you know, and, and, and his parent, his parents or his family, it's like, this stuff goes against the norm. <laughs> Web3 is like you talk to someone who's in a in a whole different generation and they're not, you know, immersed into into crypto and everything and they're like what the fuck? Like, yeah, right. I I I bet. <laughs> but this stuff is happening and, and it's moving fast and more and more people I can tell are trying to be a part of the DAO trying to learn as much about the metaphors, the new innovations, different NFT marketplaces, you know, which blockchain to work on based on what they're looking for. And it, it, it's really exciting. Um, I guess, Pat, what, what kind of new projects have Mint Songs been working on? And, and I also want to say congratulations on the new partnership with MoonPay, if I'm correct. Yeah, we just launched our official partnership with MoonPay, which is really important. Um, musicians need like fiat on ramps. And when musicians are publishing their NFTs for their fans who have never set up a blockchain wallet before or who have never, you know, owned crypto for them to just be able to show up at a show for the musician on stage to say, hey, I'm selling some NFTs on Mint Songs. And then the musician or the fans can just show up buy like a dollar NFT or claim a free poster and they can just type in their credit card if it costs money or if it doesn't cost money, they can just type in their email and then behind the scenes, like some really cool, fancy technical blockchain stuff gets spun up so that a non-custodial wallet exists and they fully own it. And Mint Songs has no ownership of it. And, but, but most, most people don't, don't care. Um, they, they, all that they care is they're like, Hey, I got a poster or Hey, I got a song. And I paid with my credit card. They don't care if it's on a blockchain or not. And so we're, we're trying to build tools for musicians to build their Web3 communities. And a lot of that right now is just meeting people where they are, which is a big, big benefit that MoonPay adds to uh, a lot of like Web3 infrastructure. Because MoonPay is just like we, we can now with MoonPay people can buy crypto directly right there in the browser. They don't have to go to Coinbase. They don't have to go to Kraken. They don't have to go to some other exchange. They're just like, oh, I want to buy this NFT. They type in their credit, their credit card or their debit card or their bank details. And then boom, they bought some ETH. They can buy the NFT and uh, they can move on with their day. Thanks for shouting that out. That's really cool to, uh, to know. I, when, when you're talking about which blockchain uh, do you want to build out on, that's a question that 
uh, is very close to my heart and I care a lot about. And I feel most, uh, most people right now don't care much unless they're really deep into the space. I'm curious of your thoughts. Do you have any thoughts in terms of uh, blockchain that you have started to lean towards or no real preferences yet um, on blockchains or with the technology? Yeah, um, really no, no real preference. I actually got to listen to your previous podcast. I think it was like the Sunflower Sunflower Farmer. Um, yeah. <laughs> that one was just, and, just me uh, episode. So I, I wonder what those, I'm like, people that are listening to this are just listening to me rant. Like, I wonder what kind of person it is. So it's Remy. Uh, how- oh, I love the podcast. I mean, I learned so much about, um, so it was on Polygon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and just how much of an impact that game had on, you know, the cost of gas for Polygon. And, and then also comparing that gas price on Ethereum, because I remember, you know, when I really dove in um, for about a week, I was I was on OpenSea and, um, you know, the, the cost, the gas prices were high as hell, man. And it's like people definitely will take that into consideration when they're picking a blockchain. But um, I definitely don't have enough wisdom yet to, to know, you know, which one I would prefer. But I think it's cool that there's a variety that people can pick from. The fact that you were just able to um, speak out loud the gas price difference in Spike and you were aware of that meme that like high gas prices on Ethereum means you're spending like $300 to do something on the internet, which is just ludicrous for most people. An expensive transaction on Polygon, even if a bunch of randos are playing a video game, and this expensive transaction is like 50 cents. And that just totally changes. It, it's another leveling of the playing field. When, when you think, how is this going to scale in 2022? How are we going to onboard in 10x the number of people that are currently doing stuff on the metaverse? We can't be expecting people to pay hundreds of dollars or even like multiple dollars for a transaction. It has to be less than a penny. It has to be fractionals of a cent. And so like layer two technology enables that. And the fact that you you're aware of that already is really cool. Um, it really excites me that you're already starting to grasp some of these concepts and going down. Um, I want to know how I can be more supportive of what it is you're doing, because it sounds like you are attracted to this and you're trying to create more opportunities for people to do work in the metaverse and to live lifestyles that are empowerfully like meaningful to them. How can I kind of support you in the role that you're growing into as yeah, I, I appreciate that question for sure. Um, you know, just for the audience, um, Pat and I have, have known each other for quite a few years now, and we're both, uh, both were living in Columbus, um, building our own businesses and, and building out our network. And, and now we've kind of moved away from that place. Um, you know, I'm in San Diego. Pat will soon be uh, in Argentina um, as he is a digital nomad, which is extremely inspiring. But um, something that is important in, in relationships is just being able to to add value to each other in, in different ways or, or another. So um, love the question. I guess for me, it's, it's connections, contacts in this Web3 space where I can kind of use my expertise of building relationships 
and and gain market knowledge and and help other people grow out their teams um you know whether that's specifically for product or sales on a on a c-suite level or it's you know legal compliance um specifically in fintech because i know some of my other team members work in that space as well but um yeah, just continually being an, an educator for me in this space, I think it is my number one. But, you know, any other contacts or people I can connect with that, you know, looking to grow their teams or or bring in top talent or, you know, people looking to switch into another company, you know, all of those are great things that would go a long way for me. Okay, I, I will. And we'll continue to to talk and I'm sure we're going to collaborate more. I'm now curious to kind of hear of your progress on chain and kind of where you're at with adopting some of these like metaverse web three technologies. Um, Starting kind of high level, would you say that you own anything on a blockchain right now? Um, The only thing I own is that NFT poster that you uh you sent me the link for that that free one for mint oh, songs yes. so. okay wow wow awesome awesome <laughs> and you did you do that back in uh 2021 yes. yes yes that was um the same week that you were in uh san diego was that november yeah, that november. yeah i think that was uh in november maybe december so early december um cool okay so you've gotten an nft um you own an NFT. Awesome. So you own something on Polygon. Do you own anything on uh, the Ethereum network? Any NFTs? Any tokens? Uh, no, I, I don't. And no other. No, no other nope, blockchain. Not, not yet, no, at not least. Yet. And any any other blockchains? No, no, no ownership of like Solana or Avalanche or uh, Arbitrum, Optimism, any of those chains. Mm-mm, no, but you know, twenty twenty two is a new year, so. I'm I'm excited for that. Wow. Okay. So 2021, Remy already has his first NFT. That's already in the history. Like you getting NFTs this year is no big <laughs> deal now. You already started in 2021. So now the question is, where where does Remy grow? You've already tried out in like an L2 too. You you did it on Polygon. Um, it was kind of seamless though, right? It was behind the scenes. You didn't have to really set up a wallet or or do anything in order to get it, right? No, no, I didn't have to set up a wallet. I do have a MetaMask wallet, oh, though, great. that I set up. Um, so that, that's waiting for me whenever I'm ready to go and, and, and you know, kind of check out OpenSea or, or any other marketplace um, with ETH. Actually, am I able to use that MetaMask on other blockchains? That's a great question. You can use it on any Ethereum-compatible chain. So chains like Polygon, you can use it on um, Arbitrum, Optimism probably avalanche i'm not sure um if you can put in a chain id and an rpc url then the answer is yes um so you've got metamask set up so maybe one of the next things that we can that i can help you work on is getting that nft that's currently just in a magic wallet that's associated with an email address and transferring that into your metamask which is a more custodial i guess they're both custodial so you do truly have ownership, but the MetaMask, I feel like is a more tangible, you'll be able to open up OpenSea and then just connect your MetaMask account. And then you'll see that NFT, the poster, 
and then you can list it for sale on OpenSea if you want, or you can like send it around and you'll just be able to see it in your OpenSea. And I think that's a good clicking moment for a lot of people when they can just open up OpenSea and then see like, oh, wow, I didn't even have to give it permission. Here's everything that's in my wallet. That's really cool. My stuff just follows me around the, the metaverse. Like I don't have to give anything permission. Everything reads from the same public blockchain. So everybody already knows what I own and then they can just display it in whatever room I'm sitting in right now. If it's OpenSea, we all have kind of the general knowledge that OpenSea is like the eBay of Web3. And so like we know what to expect when we show up there. And we'll start to like get these assumptions of how different data on the blockchain gets presented in these different environments of the metaverse, depending on like whether it's where you work, where you're playing, where you're shopping. It's going to be a really cool growth opportunity and for you to you to keep going deeper. So I'll help you transfer that NFT and we'll get the NFT transferred from your magic wallet over to your MetaMask. That way you can see it in OpenSea and that'll be a cool next step. Interesting that you don't own any tokens. I feel like a lot of people's first entry into crypto is owning like they'll buy ETH or they'll buy Bitcoin and they'll like spend money. But to hear that you're... I have some uh, Bitcoin actually. Okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah. On Coinbase. On uh, Coinbase. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. I got some uh, for Christmas. I'm, I'm curious myself. how many people... I'm curious how many people will start to like get an NFT before they own any crypto. I feel like it's now getting more and more possible that people's entryway into into crypto and into Web3 is not by having to buy tokens, but being gifted an NFT or going up to a music festival and getting an NFT, like it leaking out through culture in the forms of memes and music. Um, would you say that you care much for the Bitcoin that you own? Like, do you have any attachment um, to Bitcoin, the blockchain? Or what are your thoughts around like the crypto side of it? Why? Why? Yeah, absolutely. Um, just based on like the research I did, I really want to transition towards digital money and, you know, with inflation going on, like I know my dollar is worth a lot less than, than what it really is. Um, and I feel like, you know, Bitcoin is only going to grow. I know it took a little drop, um, you know, right around Christmas time when I bought it, I think it went from like, 50,000 down to like in the 40,000s, but I know it's going to, you know, continue to grow um, overall. So I want to be a part of that, that growth trend and, you know, kind of put my money in Bitcoin rather than like, you know, let it sit in like a 401k and, and really not know, <laughs> um, you know, how my money's being grown. I kind of want to become my own investor, if you know what I mean, and learn from it while I'm doing it. I agree 100%. I am, I'm staring at my Ledger hardware wallet right now and I've got it attached to my keys. And I just, sometimes I'll look at it and I'll be like, I want to send a photo to everybody and be like, gentle reminder that I'm holding my bank on my keychain, and no government could ever take this away from me. Even if a government took away my Ledger, one, they don't know the password to it. Two, like I have the recovery phrase in, a, in like cold storage. It, like, it's crazy what this world unlocks when people can truly own their assets and do what they want. And I, my mom, I think, just had a clicking moment too. I had, um, I had to pay her back for something over the, the holidays. And so I sent her like 1500 $1, bucks in USDC. So that way it was a stable coin and it didn't change or move any value. It was like, hey, I owed her 1500 bucks. Made sense to send it in USDC. So I sent my mom 1500 bucks in USDC. 
And then she was like, honestly, I really don't need this money. So how can, how can we use this as an opportunity for me to dabble more in Web3 and for me to put this into something that can potentially work harder for me than this money that, like you said, like this money that's just kind of like sitting here and one, not doing anything or two, doing stuff that I'm not really privy to what's going on behind the black box. And so I was like, well, honestly, right now, ETH is sitting, it was, it was like a week or two ago. So ETH was right hovering around 3000. It's kind of low for a while. And I was like, if you bought ETH at 3000, that is a steal. Cause like I, this isn't a trading show and like none of where this isn't any financial advice, but like I am very, very, uh, big on on eth and like the decentralized web and the 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 world's computer and so she got it and then like now ETH's i don't know maybe 3500 so she's like wow this is so awesome my money grew so fast so quickly compared to what i'm doing in traditional investments maybe we should do more with this stuff and i was like yay i just need to i just need to i need i want to help more people have positive experiences in this space so they can keep coming deeper and deeper because like the water is super deep and for some people you can just get a fire hose of information to the face and like, I feel like you probably meet this and I think everyone as they're coming in, meet this where you go really deep, really fast, and then you get burnt out. And then you don't want to think about it for a while because all you thought about was web three and was blockchain. And you're just like, please don't say the word NFT or crypto or Bitcoin to me ever again. And then a couple of weeks goes by and then like you slowly come back to it and then you're like, all right, let's go. And you feel excited about it again. And you remember why you were here. And then, uh, have, are, can you relate to that feeling? I I honestly, you were so on point with that. Like, it's scary. Because you started up a group <laughs> chat for all of us to talk Web3 and then like you didn't talk. Yeah, I mean, it was crazy, man. Like, you know, I'm someone who like really focuses on my connection to myself. And I guess during that week, I was really excited. But I feel like some of that excitement was like not my highest or truth. But now I can see like where you know, it, it really um, connects to to my current job and, you know, my knowledge and wisdom around it and also experiencing it can really help me, you know, grow personally and professionally. But if we do have time, I kind of want to, I kind of want to touch on this. We talked about balance, um, you know, at the beginning of our, of our chat. And I kind of want to bring that back to, you know, balancing, you know, all of this information about Web3 and, you know, NFTs and crypto and, you know, still having that strong connection to yourself. You know, how how does one do that? Because um, I, strug- I struggle to do that at times, probably most of the time. How do we stay connected to ourselves when we're plugged into the metaverse? is a phenomenal question. Um, I think that that is actually something that I fight with. And I think a lot of people fight with it is a, it is a real concern and something that is very important is like finding that balance and figuring out what it looks like for you of how, how much do you want to be plugged in and how much do you want to be disconnected? Because you both exist and you could go either way and be on fully on one side of the polarity, but there's, there's, there's benefits to both as well. And it is good for everyone to find their balance, find out what is serving us and what, what is not serving us. Um, I mean, yeah, I would, go ahead, please. I, I guess web three NFTs, crypto 
is like the whole interaction for me is so similar to Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, um, with the similarities of, you know, there's so much amazing aspects with this technology and social media where you get to connect to others. But the whole premise of the technology is to keep you on it as long as possible. Um, And I'm someone who, you know, over time kind of built this mask with like Instagram, you know, a lot of my worthiness and, and um, acceptance of self came from social media and what other people thought of me. So um, actually I have no social media on my phone except for LinkedIn. I actually deactivated it all, um, which, you know, has been, has been really nice, but I still am very keen on learning about NFTs, crypto, web three. Yeah. I want to ask, like, so you, you mentioned earlier, some, you felt some part of web three or the metaverse was, was you felt excitement that was not like your highest excitement. It was not your highest excitement. Or you said, Oh, we got another person that wants to jump up. Come on up. And then you also said that you, um, you wanted to stay connected to self and you felt similarities with Instagram and Twitter. Oh, are we kids? Hey, what's up? Um, Remy. Where were you from, man? Okay, you're going to get down, my friend. Okay, um, back to you, Remy. Um, what, can you tell me more about some of that excitement was not in your highest? And like, what, what did that look like? Like, what, what were the conversations or what were the thoughts? Was it feelings of FOMO? Was it wanting to like ape into a project? I feel like there is this degen side of Web3, but I'm curious to hear from your perspective coming into this, how that looked to you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think for me, as soon as I found out about NFTs and Web3, my mind was like, all right, I need to create a project. I need to transition virtual into this. And I was just so overwhelmed. Um, I had so much FOMO like on Instagram, just I, I followed the NFT account and I would just see, you know, how many millions of dollars people were making off of these 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 I these you know these pictures or, or tokens and and uh nfts and i was like just overwhelmed you know i was like fuck like is this is this the next iteration in my life and i feel like it was almost like an escape for me you know to not feel pain um so i, I took a i took a step back i took a breather to like really you know i think what's really important to me is maintaining my inner peace. And I always will prioritize that over anything. And that was really what happened during that was I, I lost my inner peace and I felt excited and overwhelmed at the same time. Mm. There are so many shiny lights in the metaverse, so many things that are attractive and it can be very reminiscent and can take on a lot of what was in Instagram and, and Facebook. And I think that is super important for you to stay true to you, especially as a creator in the space. Um, I look for that type of stuff when I'm buying my NFTs. Like just, just today, I was listening to a musician and I was reading through the description of his song and I was looking at his art and I was like, honestly, the song is very okay. I don't really care too much for it, but I really like his album art. And I really love the description that he wrote for how he came to this. He was like, I was meditating 
And this story came to me and I started singing out loud and I hit record and just, it was a meditation for him. And the fact that he integrated meditation into his musical experience, he published it as an NFT. He shared that story and I was able to support that kind of behavior financially. I was like, frick, yeah, this is where I want my dollars to go. I'm voting with my dollars. I'm going to buy this NFT. If he wants to like incentivize me in the future for owning this, great. But like, this isn't a 10,000 PFP eight project that's trying to moon and I, there is that I there is a lot of that and that kind of stuff does scare me and it makes me sad to see some of my friends spend some very serious money on some profile pick projects or on some NFT projects that they're expecting to flip and make money on because that is what's being dramatized and like sexualized in the media but this technology is way bigger than that and so I I I think I think the burning out the burning out can come when we're not in alignment with our highest self and continuing to take space to unplug, to like feed your body, do some yoga, take a bath, take a breather, do some meditation, talk to a friend on a call, write something out. Like I've got a page of notes writing, having this combo with you. This is, I've, I've really enjoyed just getting on a call and getting to talk to you regardless of what it is we've talked about. I, I just, appreciate getting to connect with you Remy because as you said we have build, been building this relationship for a long time but but the aspect of digital ownership is so important to people that I I feel a burning desire to keep helping people see and have positive experiences in this space because if you own something your incentives are much greater aligned with the line starts to really get blurred between work and play when you own everything that you do. When you own parts of the game that you play and you could sell that ownership, it's really cool. When I can invest in a musician and buy parts of a, of a musician's drop and invest in their, that production and potentially like reap that financial reward, it's really cool. But just like only thinking of it for the financial reward is typically not in our best interests. And, and we, got, we got to take a step back and go back to like, why am I doing this? What is the bigger picture? What what is the NFT project that I'm interested in? So like, would, would you say that you are still interested in some of those profile pick projects or um, I don't know, how do you think of NFTs? When you think of NFTs, do you just think of like the profile picks? Um, I think that was my initial, you know, idea of it when I really took a dive into, you know, OpenSea and, and checked it out on Instagram on NFT nfts instagram page but honestly when i look at nfts i see it as a huge opportunity for you know artists to truly display their creativity but i think like we've said already um the marketplace has been sexualized and kind of flipped into you know almost like buying and reselling shoes <laughs> obviously it's a lot more lucrative with the nfts but it's like all right let me get this profile pick you know it's one of a thousand um and, and that's i guess to me it's like it's not as intriguing with that and i don't think the utility that you know some of the some of the different you know collaborations i've seen like excited me um so I guess that's just kind of my my two cents on that. I, I would like it. I would like it to be more of a platform for like natural artists or you know people who are creating um, to really create wealth rather than just like quickly making you know a few million dollars. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. More of a long-term mindset, not a quick flip. Um, I want to, I want to, we're yeah. getting close to the hour. So I want to start to wrap up. If either, if anyone in the audience wants to come up and kind of speak, ask any questions or share their thoughts, just creating space for that time. Otherwise, Remy, I'm, I'm curious to just kind of take a step back and ask you, like, what is something that you're excited about in this coming week? We're, we're kind of halfway through the weekend. It's Saturday. I guess it's earlier for you over in San Diego. The sun's probably just, just about going down. You probably got a beautiful sunset right now, but uh, what's something you're excited for? Uh, it is cloudy today and it, it rained a little, so not always sunny and so not always sunny in SoCal, but uh, typically is. <laughs> but uh, as far as what I'm excited for, um, you know, really um, continuing to be a sponge of of information and 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 learning about my market, my new job, and focusing on the, my connection to myself. Um, you know, still prioritizing the amazing relationship I have with Ali and, and just continuing to, to grow, to heal and to be the best version of myself. You know, that's really all I can ask. Um, I've always already had moments at work where I'm comparing or, you know, worried about money, but it's like at the end of the day, as long as you're doing your highest, you're adding value to other people, all of these other resources like money or strong relationships are just going to come to you effortlessly so being in the moment, making the people around me feel loved and welcome is my intention for this upcoming week. Well, I think that's everything. Any last notes from you before we sign off, sir? I uh, would love to hear your, your intentions for the other week as well, and then we can kind of jump off, my friend. Appreciate that. Um, the most exciting thing for me is, is this upcoming launch at Mint Songs. I've been working really hard to to help musicians have a better experience with just using all the wallets and the technology without having to get overwhelmed by it. Most musicians don't care. They just want the benefits, which is understandable. I want them to focus on making music too. Um, and I've been working on these these changes for like a month now, and they're going to get shipped on Tuesday. And so I'm super excited to launch this and get feedback from the community and hear from musicians if this is helpful. So professionally, I'm most excited for that. Um, in my life, I am getting close to leave to Argentina. I think I've got 15 days from today till like me and my kitties get on a plane and then we go down to Buenos Aires. So I've been getting a lot of energy from that. Um, and I've noticed my reaction to people sometimes. I've looked at myself and been like, oh, that was very emotionally charged. And I've let my my excitement turn into stress and anxiety and showed to those around me in a way I'm not super proud of. So for the rest of tonight, I'm going to do yoga, which I haven't done in a while. And I'm, I'm excited to be taking better care of myself. Um, I'm going into this next week. I'm leaving the cozy cabin. Um, and then I'm going back uh, for the last couple of weeks. I'm going to be staying with fam until the flight. So move back in, uh, get ready to go. Make sure all the cats are all ready with their vaccines. Make sure I'm all ready with my paperwork and uh, try to just breathe as much as I can and move through this. Um, you, you know how it is when you moved out to San Diego. It's the point in time where you start to get really excited, but you can't move time faster. And so your mind is all ready for you to be where you want to go. And um, your mind is all ready for you to be where you want to go. But like, I know that I still have 15 days left, but I'm already living and like ready to be in Argentina. And so just being patient and just letting time pass and doing what needs to be done is something I'm... Uh, 
Really excited for it. Thank you for, uh, thank you for reciprocating with the question. It's really nice. Uh, it's really nice to be asked questions. So one last offer. Um, I, I see something, uh, Scott Prince, hey, listen to Above and Beyond live from Columbia. I'm going to shout out this comment. Um, again, one last opportunity for either of you guys in the audience that wants to jump up and speak uh, if you two want to come up here. But I'll read these out. We've got two comments from Scott Prince. Hey, listen to Above and Beyond live from Columbia. It's on YouTube. Very healing. Great for yoga. I just got some tracks for my yoga session after this. So thank you for that, Scott Prince. With that, thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Thank you so much, Remy. It's so good to hear from you. Um, Thanks for having me, Pat. Much love for you, brother. Have a great day, everybody. Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of Your Voice First podcast. Reminder, we are about to rebrand to on-chain experiments at the end of January. If you've got any questions, reach out to me on any social media platform at sweetman.eth. Thank you so much to Remy for joining us on this episode. Remy has been one of the greatest people in my support network for years now. If you didn't hear from this episode, we've got a very strong connection and we're always helping each other go in and out of both challenging each other to work harder while also stopping to smell the roses, leaning back and remembering that we are perfect as we are. Life is already good. Don't need to go anywhere. Don't need to achieve anything. You are perfect. You are loved. You are supported. That balance is super essential in this space where we can be so pressed on to just being on all the time, trying to take advantage of everything that's coming, constantly trying to learn and invest in ourselves. It's really important to slow down, take a deep breath, and relax. Thank you for tuning in, everybody. This is Sweets, signing off.